0: i <laughs>
1: evening, ladies and gentlemen, 7 o'clock on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for The Other Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not.
2: Hello, folks. It's John Hogue here, the other guy on The Other Podcast, and live and direct from Exotic. <laughs> yes, that's Diana laughing in the background. How are you doing?
3: I'm great. How are you?
2: Um, actually, I've had a lousy Saturday, a, it, it, it don't ex- oh. explain how this happened, but a squirrel managed to get caught between a window and the storm window in my house. And in the course ca- oh. of this uh squirrel, I was bitten. So, ow!
3: I'm, so, they're, they're
2: nasty too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 right on one of the joints in, uh, one of the, uh, actually the, the, uh large finger of my left hand and everybody goes, oh, oh, well, that's no big deal. It's your left hand. I'm left-handed. Your left-handed,
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you can find my good friend John Hogs blogging at hogwash.com. And he uh, and a oh boy,
2: see, I he didn't bite my tongue, but I'm having trouble with it. And Stacy <laughs> blogs. At theothermccain.com and other fine spots around the interwebs. And Diana, have we got anything uh, appearing at your blog this week?
3: I'm so sorry. I've been working this week.
1: Oh uh, well, that's good to hear so that you've I, been working.
2: So 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 have
1: I. But we'll get to that a little further mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, meanwhile, in Valdosta, the uh, no crime wave continues uh, in, in uh, quaint small town South Georgia. A 17-year-old and two juveniles were arrested Monday after a high-speed chase. 17-year-olds are still juveniles uh yeah well in this case you don't know about this you get charged as an adult okay Mm -hmm. a 17 year old and two juveniles were arrested monday after a high-speed chase in which a suspect shot at a deputy yes around 8 p.m Lowndes county deputies working the 229 car and bike show on valtech road Mm -hmm. were told by a security guard that a teenager tried to enter the concert with a firearm yep deputies later saw the team driving slowly near the front gate to the concert venue when they mm-hmm. tried to stop to the, stop the stop. driver, the he driver fled in the car well i would hope that he was fleeing in the car and fleeing on foot well anyways uh, you pursuit- can get
3: actually you don't know this area if that if he had jumped out of the car and just darted into the into the wooded areas around there they, they might still be it.
1: looking for him. But anyways, the pursuit <laughs> headed north on I-75 at more than 115 miles an hour with the driver passing vehicles on the shoulder <laughs> until reaching Hyra. Yes. The car. Oh, you pronounced through- that right. Yeah. I'm, oh, impressed. I'm, I'm a Georgia boy. Uh, yeah. uh, the car went through downtown Hey Hira <gasps> at speeds near 100 an hour, a Georgia State Patrol statement said. I, I you know downtown Hey Hyra. Uh, oh uh,
3: all two blocks of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah. It's yeah. what
1: we used to call a wide spot in the road. Well, anyways, uh, but he mm. went through it at 100 miles an hour. Mm. Uh, troopers performed a pit maneuver and by the way the georgia state Patrol's really good with that uh forcing the fleeing car to spin out to a stop two occupants of the car jumped out and ran the remaining suspect in the car was taken by deputies without incident the driver one of those who ran was also taken into custody without incident but a passenger ran into the woods the state patrol said he uh-huh. fired a gun at a deputy the, and the deputy fired back, but neither was harmed. Well, a canine unit me. captured the suspect. Oh, I'd love to see the video of that. They put the canines on them, man. That'll, that'll When the it.
3: canine d- gets into it, the 90-pound furry missile just put down the gonna be. Yeah,
1: the car involved in the chase had been, I I know you're going to be surprised, reported stolen. Stolen. The alleged driver, a 17-year-old male, was charged with felony fleeing and attempting Mm -hmm. to elude Lowndes County Sheriff officers and felony theft by receiving stolen property, motor vehicle, as well as various traffic charges. So there's your... Yeah, there's a speeding (laughs) ticket there someplace.
3: And the next thing you're going to hear is those weren't my pants. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: yeah, right, right, right.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, the crime wave continues in Valdosta, and mm. I, I hope you're staying safe down there.
3: I, you know, the weird thing is, is that um, I guess it's the fact that I'm like two blocks away from the police station. Um, I'm, I just not much happens here. So. <laughs>
1: Well, let's hope it stays Well, that
3: you
2: know, way. but see, that's the difference between a place like Georgia and a place like uh, California. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, let me, uh, one of my favorite dumb crook stories is uh, oh. about the, the crook who gets, uh, who uh, robs the Seven Eleven at the corner of Flower and 17th in uh, Santa Ana, which is... <laughs> Halfway between the freeway exit uh, off of the twenty-two freeway and the sheriff department lockup, right, and it's <laughs> next door to a Foster's Donut. <laughs> Wait, so
3: what do you think is going to be there? Like? Come on, guys.
2: <sighs> and he had to walk past the highway
3: patrol, black and white, to get in the place.
2: Yes. You got
3: to wonder about. Well, you know, if you were, if you had any brains, you wouldn't be a criminal in the first place. I mean, the risk so, reward you know, ratio just yes, but there. I mean.
2: Yes, but I mean, even in Georgia, like I said, if you're a couple of blocks from the police station, you, you know, that at least will ward them off. But apparently, you know, it, it didn't work in Santa Ana back in the uh,
3: 80s. <laughs> well, I have a favorite story about that. The uh, what was the Hibernia Bank at the corner of Post and Montgomery
0: mm, is now yeah.
3: it, it, it became a Wells Fargo. Anyway, um, people would attempt to rob it. And the only time it ever even sort of worked was the time that the thieves came equipped with bicycles. Um, (laughs) On one happy occasion, the getaway vehicle was stuck two blocks away on Montgomery, unable to get to the robbers. (laughs) Well, one of the things that I
2: actually read about in, (laughs) in one of the New York papers when I was there on a business trip... Uh, Back in the seventies, a guy tried to pull a a robbery at the chemical bank at right at noon uh, one day, and it was payday for the FBI that had the building across. (laughs) We're in the building across the street.
3: Oh, oh, that must have been (laughs) (laughs) short-lived.
1: Well, so much for the dumb criminals. Well, now let's go to the dumb jocks in football. Yes, it's the uh, final weekend of October. And, uh, that means it's college football time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, college football is, is a uniquely American tradition. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, they don't have anything like this, uh, in Europe or or Canada. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing like college football in that. And there's nothing more traditional in college football than homecoming. Right when the when the alumni shows up and they and they put the crown on the prettiest girl in school as the homecoming queen and 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 you know speaking of tradition, a uh, uh, few campuses have a a more traditional um, atmosphere uh, than the University of Mississippi, known affectionately. As Ole Miss, the campus in uh, Oxford, Mississippi, is 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 a beautiful place with the uh, uh, the moss draped oaks and the Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Greek column buildings and and you know on homecoming of course right Mm -hmm. all the sorority girls are dressed to the nines and they're. Mm And their uh, fraternity boyfriends are wearing blazers and ties and they and they they look so good and it's just like nothing has changed in 50, 60, 70 years. it's mm-hmm. it's tradition matters and and um, and you know uh, homecoming, you know mm-hmm. at uh, American colleges. of course, what you do is you schedule, uh, the weakest possible opponent as the visiting team. <laughs> that can and, uh,
3: at the time. Ole Miss, you
1: know. Ole Miss uh, for uh, tonight. This Saturday, right now is homecoming, and uh, the bottom they, of the hour is when the game starts. They they kick off at seven twenty with old Miss hosting. Vanderbilt University. I'm the sorry, odds, John.
2: They, actually, the odds have improved slightly over the last uh, week by the odd oddmakers, uh, but it's, it's still it's still only something like uh, fifteen to one instead of nineteen to one odds.
1: Yeah, <laughs> okay. Ole Miss. Uh, old Miss is uh, uh, six and one, um, mm. uh, ranked number twelfth in the country Vanderbilt unranked has a two and six record. And, and so, uh, so, uh, they're going to be howling tonight in Oxford as the, Stacy, I bet I can get you to root for Vanderbilt next week. (laughs) Why are they playing Auburn? Exactly. Uh,
3: Hey guys, uh, Stacy, did you hear about this? USC versus Cal game was delayed due to due to a protest at the 50 yard line.
1: Oh my God. Yes. Well, speaking of Berkeley, by the way, so it's a There's a, thanks for the segue. Uh mm-hmm. right now, uh, right now uh the University of California, Berkeley oh uh is leading 24th rank uh USC, the University of Southern California. Uh, Cal leads 36 to 29. And uh, even as we speak, they're, they're just starting the fourth quarter. Uh, Cal, are they the Golden Bears? Is that, is that what they're called?
3: Yes, they're called the Golden Bears.
1: Yes, the Golden Bears have the ball second and three at the USC 26-yard line so they're almost certain to get a field goal out of this and things look bad for usc but uh mm-hmm. so what was it some kind of hamas protest no that- no
3: it wasn't it was because uh, professor del valle has been arrest has been uh suspended from the faculty um she's the top expert in colonial studies because she had been stalking and harassing one of her uh, colleagues
1: And so they were protesting in favor of the stalker.
3: Yes, they were.
1: Oh, my goodness. Speaking of which, the Bears quarterback, Fernando Mendoza, just completed a pass that's uh, set up a first and goal at the USC one. So uh, uh, things looking bad for the Trojans uh, in Berkeley tonight. Meanwhile, number 22, Tulane. Uh, Leeds Rice, uh, thirty to twenty-eight in the uh, fourth quarter, and it doesn't look there, like there's much hope for Rice. So uh, the Green Wave gonna win that one. Uh, <laughs> they just kicked off in Stanford, uh, Stanford Cardinals, hosting uh, number five Washington, uh, which is the first place undefeated first place team in the Pac-12. Uh, just kicked off number 19 Air Force at Colorado State. in the first quarter uh, 21 ranked Tennessee leads Kentucky uh, 17 uh, 7 to nothing in the first quarter at Lexington. Um, Ohio State just kicked off against Wisconsin in Madison. Uh, Ohio State ranked number three. Uh, earlier today, games earlier today, uh, the number fourth-ranked Florida State Seminoles, uh, 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 Seminoles uh, uh, defeated Wake Forest 41-16. to uh, Number six, Oklahoma lost at Kansas. Uh, uh, Kansas won 38-33. Uh, number 10, Penn State 33 Indiana, 24, and that was uh, kind of a scary one there uh, going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Number one, Georgia, playing in what is known as the world's largest cocktail party, Um, uh, uh, defeated Florida 43-20 and nobody
3: Uh, is sober No, they are
1: howling drunk down in florida right now uh texas (laughs) ranked number seven defeats byu 35 to six number eight oregon defeated number 13 utah 35 to six the 14th rank uh notre dame fighting irish stopped pittsburgh uh 58 to 7 and the uh, uh, Louisville Cardinals now ranked number 18th, uh, uh, shut out, number 20 ranked Duke. Duke started off the season real well, but they've fallen completely apart. Louisville 23, Duke zero. and that's your scores tonight because, of course, mm-hmm. Alabama. Is on a bye week, so getting ready for LSU next week. Well, we'll see what happens. Next we week. will see what happens. At least I get you to root for Vandy. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah but you yeah, know, I was, yeah, talk- it's gonna, they're gonna be lumped up pretty good after this, yeah, well, this homecoming beatdown. This, this, this I'm this sorry. Whole,
2: this, this, I have been a little bit light on the blogging this week because I've had mm. a disrupted schedule. Um, the widget that I've been working on for NASA for the last, for the last or so. Uh, Is uh, we've got it built. We've got the basic yet yeah, uh, we've got sound and picture uh, stage. But now we need to give the the environmental testing it needs, and so it's mm-hmm. going into a, a vacuum chamber that where we can swing the temperature up and down over uh, its operating range in space, and uh, that's going to run twenty four seven for several weeks now. So. Um, I'm the guy on third shift or one of the oh. guys on third shift. So uh, I I've been having lots of fun with my sleep schedule. Uh, Aren't sure rather you
3: rather senior for that?
1: Yeah. There's a picture the, of him. Uh, there, I you know that, I saw actually, it. Actually, actually on the blog and over well, at hogwash.com. Well, it, it, it's
2: interesting. You have the, the guy we have got
1: uh, on each of the shifts. We
2: have a, uh, but uh, actually uh, they're all people from the small company that I work through. Uh, but uh, the, I'm 75 years old and I'm w- running the third shift by choice because it makes the commute so much nicer.
1: Uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> I uh, got that one. Yeah. But you
1: wouldn't want to try to get to Greenbelt in and rush hour. The, the the the, yeah. the, 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 the,
2: the, the guy running second shift is 70 years old. Uh, and, but he lives right around the corner oh. and, and once, and, and you know uh and then the guy running um uh, uh day shift will be 80 next month
3: oh lord uh, uh don't he, tell me he lives on site
2: <laughs> no actually he lives in montgomery county and it's about an hour and a half commute for him yeah but, they've but got he, all the watch...
1: slide rule guys working there well
2: but no he chose that because uh that shifts uh he's uh, that shift starts at well, but he needs to be uh, there s- thirty minutes before shift starts, so he's going to get get there at six thirty. And commuting from Montgomery County to Beltsville is actually doable uh, at at at, uh, at at six in the five thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it, and and uh, he's he'll he, you know his shift is over. Uh, yeah, at uh, during the, at the leading edge of rush hour, so he's just sort will be a normal commute home. So all he right. actually, he's actually getting off better uh, volunteering for We've all, all volunteered for what we got. <laughs> so anyway, that, 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 that's, you know, that's, that's my, folks. that's <laughs> my life. It's the way it goes. Um, you know, maybe I should have stuck with acting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but on, and, 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 and the beautiful thing about acting, is you you get to learn all that Shakespeare. And so, you know, I you, and if you do enough of the roles, you've always got something to pick something to pick out like right now. Uh, let's pick a role that I've done, and it would be "Double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burn, and cauldron bubble." See, being a character actor, I'm ugly enough that I get cast as a witch. Besides, it was
1: voice acting. Well, anyways. but there, but there's there's other Shakespeare ties, Stacey. Yes, you- yes. This week, I was uh, I was waiting for my uh, pizza to come out of the oven. I was eating, mm. uh, uh, fixing myself some lunch, and. Uh, And uh, and just scrolling through Facebook when I when I saw uh, my post from last year, which made me say to myself, is today, October 25th? Yes, as a Mm, matter of fact, it it was. What's he
0: that wishes so? My cousin Westmoreland? No, my fair cousin. If we are marked to die, we are enough to do our country loss. And if to live, the fewer men, the greater share of honor. God's will, I pray thee, wish not one man more. Rather proclaim it, Westmoreland, through my host, that he which hath no stomach to this feast, let him depart. Boy, his passport shall be drawn and crowns for convoy put into his purse. We would not die in that man's company that fears his fellowship to die with us. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this day and comes safe home will stand a tiptoe when this day is named and rouse him at the name of Crispian. He that shall live this day and see old age will yearly on the vigil feast his neighbors and say, Tomorrow is St. Crispian. Then will he strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, These wounds I had on Crispin's day. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgot. But he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in his mouth as household words, Harry the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester, be in their flowing cups freshly remembered. This story shall the good man teach his son. And Crispin (laughs) shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world. But we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so base. And gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed they were not here. And hold their manhoods cheap, while any speaks that fought with us
3: upon St. Crispin's day! Now, now St. Crispin and Crispinian were Christian patron saints of cobblers, couriers, tanners, and leather workers. They were beheaded during the reign of Diocletian. The date of their execution is given as 25 October
1: 285 or 286 well there you go then uh, anyways but Just yes that was uh, know. that was an actor you you may may never have heard of some obscure british guy named uh larry
3: Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> olivier <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah larry oliver <laughs> as we uh, uh, sometimes call him. but uh uh but sir laurence olivier there uh, mm-hmm. uh giving the uh, rendition of the uh, famous monologue mm-hmm. Uh, which I was going to intro, but I I, I guess uh, now I'll outro it by uh, uh, saying that, that, that if you study that battle, Mm -hmm. okay, that, that was just one of the, the greatest upset victories. If if Vanderbilt beat Ole Miss tonight, it would be, it would not be a greater upset than uh, what happened. Harry's, uh, Henry the uh, uh, Fifth, who was the son of uh, Bolingbroke, and and you know what had happened is that uh, Bolingbroke had had really usurped the crown uh, uh, for uh, uh, Richard. Um, Richard Second was an idiot. <laughs> yes. Well, anyways, and so the that Earl fell, of
3: March though is more of an issue there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so and so Henry the uh, Henry the Fourth uh, his. Um, um his reign was uh marked by domestic uprisings since uh and the, problems uh, with the church yeah and the legitimacy of his crown were uh was 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 in question so mm-hmm. so his son henry the uh learned uh from an early age uh the art of warfare uh, mm-hmm. fighting at his father's side and, and helping lead the british uh uh forces against these domestic rebels and so uh but then um when Henry became king in Henry V took the uh, throne in 1413 after his father's death and um and the old uh, argument about the uh british claim to the uh french throne uh then uh came into the foreground and uh and thus began the third and final phase of what was known, what is known as the Hundred Years War. The British forces, okay, had had laid siege to Harfleur, and mm-hmm. uh, but then it was uh, it was the fall, and and the rains come and come, mm-hmm. and it's difficult to march. And so what they were trying to do was to get to the coast. Uh, the British Army was trying to get to the coast uh, so that they could board their ships and go back to England, Uh, but they were intercepted by a French force three times their own number. They were Mm -hmm. outnumbered three three to one, and that's why... Uh, before that uh, uh, soliloquy, uh, which you uh, played for us, uh, Westmoreland uh, says, Oh, that we now had here but one ten thousand of those men in England that do no work today. Because you see, they were outnumbered, and it was a holiday, the Feast of St. Crispin, and, and this came to his mind that if if only the men at home are doing nothing, and we are here facing an enemy three times our size and they won because of the British archers it was uh, it was smart tactics on the part of uh, Henry well uh, basically it was this it,
2: it was the modern equivalent of what went on during the uh, first world war when cavalry units tried to charge machine guns
1: yeah yeah and the, um. the British bow uh, carried the day and uh, the role of um French casualties in the in the noble ranks was so long uh, that it, an entire generation went by uh, before mm-hmm. the before the French challenged the well, English again yeah, and well the, and, and that this was compounded
2: by the French trying to charge across the field of mud
3: right right, yeah, right which and did they, not do them a whole lot of favors. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a, an absolute slaughter that the the number of French killed okay in the battle was equal to the entire size of Harry's army okay mm-hmm. I mean they, they every man in that army uh, essentially killed one of the foe and it was it was just absolutely a, a, a slaughter and uh, and that uh, that uh, did something um, to uh, uh, bring about ultimately the end of the Hundred Years' War. Yeah, but politics is Uh,
3: There was a kind of a long period after that, and the French won, remember? Uh, Spoiler alert, the French won. (laughs) It wasn't until 1557-58 that they kicked the English out of Calais, but they did
1: do it yeah well the thing is is that the british power was always greater at sea and uh having an army was not one of their greater things yeah but, but master
2: uh, and commander is a different movie yeah, but, okay. but all this just shows you that politics is a rough game very and we just saw that this past two or three weeks oh uh, yes god uh,
1: god rules in the affairs of men uh the headline on my post was the powers that be mike johnson elected 56th speaker of the house it took three weeks after uh, matt gates but they finally did it and their choice of course liberals are absolutely losing it um mike johnson of louisiana is is one of those true believers of the religious right um uh, oh. in his uh, speech accepting the gavel he said i believe That scripture and the Bible is very clear that God is the one that raised up each of you and God has allowed us to be brought here to this specific moment in time. He said, I believe that God has ordained and allowed each God has ordained. God is the one that raises up those in authority. And he spoke also of the gifts that God has given us. And so this uh, very religious thing put me in mind, of course, Mm of uh, of the book of Romans in the 13th Mm -hmm. chapter, which begins, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for Mm -hmm. there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. A related verse, a related verse, and this was uh, actually Stonewall Jackson's uh, mm. favorite verse of the Bible, by the way. And we know. That all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified what shall we then say to these things if god be for us who can be against us amen can i get an amen you
3: can get an amen um just one thing um i'm not real bi- i'm not real comfortable with the pay pray and obey part but um i was interested in your remark which i thought was quite interesting um that this sounded awfully uh, calvinist and yes. uh, it di- it does and i'm very interested in the fact that um johnson um this speech uh, has resonances, um, to anybody historically informed, um, with Cromwell, with, um, with Gladstone a little bit, with, uh, some of the more interesting Scottish politicians, including John Stuart Mill, who may have said he was an atheist, but had some really interesting Calvinist aspects to his thinking. Um, um, am I going off on a ta- I'm going off on oh, a
2: tangent. Oh, Ignore oh,
1: me. No, oh, oh and j- that's okay. Well,
2: no, but, but here's the whole thing. There mm. is there is something deeper than the typical surface, uh, what the uh, what the talking heads uh, right. want, us, want us to understand here. And what I'm really kind of almost chuckling over is mm. the fact that these people who think it's okay to kill Babies think mm. that it's terrible that the Speaker of the House is a devout member of a religious sect that uh, <laughs> uh, that says you're supposed to uh, help the poor and mm-hmm. the needy and turn the, the other cheek. cheek. Uh, right. So, so I mean, you know, it, 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 right. it's it's uh, it's I I I, no. I think I, I I'll just end my qu- quote by saying two things. Mm. One. I think I was predestined to be amused by this and two <laughs> we're predestined to be at the bottom of the hour so talk about the other button
1: Oh my God oh, and God has now uh, brought us uh, to the
3: you cannot the serve both the- God and Mammon come on uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't tell me what i can do i'm i'm called by god but anyways we we have uh, we have reached that portion of the program uh, the podcast where um, where we engage in shameless capitalism as i tell you that if you will go to my blog theothermccain.com. Uh, You will notice near the top of the center column, the yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the donate button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, yen, shekels, any currency you've got except Russian rubles. Uh, You can contribute to help support the blog to help support this podcast and, of course, to help make my wife happy because she likes it when I make money off this racket. And keeping my wife happy is job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hoag's blog, Hoagwash.com. You know, it says in the book of Romans that if people uh, don't work, the
2: they should, should not uh, eat. eat and uh, so we're uh, here slaving away trying to keep you informed uh, through our blogging and through the podcast so if you appreciate what we're doing uh, we it would be bear, uh, considered a blessing by me for you to go to the sidebar at the blog click on the tip jar icon and uh, go off to my paypal account and help support hogwash or, or this podcast or both Uh, Or you can support the Hogwash by shopping at the Hogwash store, or you can support both of our blogs by using the uh, Amazon shopping links that you find there. Uh, When you use those links at a blog that participates in the Amazon affiliate program, the blogger gets a little cut of the action and you pay the same price. So it's actually something good that Amazon does to support the blogosphere. Regardless of how you choose to support us though, please remember, the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. Now, Stacy, uh, uh, this this next bit of the thing that we put together, kind of the agenda here, uh, I titled our betters. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes I wonder how much better they might be. And I'm at the point really where I think Harvard
1: probably should lose its status as the Vanderbilt of the North. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 hey, 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 uh, I've got an entire category on my blog uh, dedicated to this subject. The Ivy League is decadent and depraved, which, of course, yep. you know I stole from Hunter Thompson that description. Uh, <laughs> he was speaking of the Kentucky Derby. But the Ivy League is decadent and depraved, and it features a headline... From the Harvard Crimson. Harvard creates task force for doxed students amid backlash over Israel statement. Now I I looked at that headline and I'm like, God, you know, and that is such that that is just I mean, you talk about propaganda, but my God, you know, they want you to think that these students being quote unquote dox. is not. the real outrage here. And, and that bland phrase, Israel statement. Okay. That anodyne phrase. Well, first of all, doxing is identifying
2: private, non-public information. You sign yes. your name, you sign your name to an open letter and you're kind of, uh, you at, sign
3: at, your name to a thing. You are saying that you stand behind it and you mean it.
2: And and it's not doxing you then to publish the entire letter with your name down at the
3: bottom. No, it is well, not.
1: Well, actually, actually, what happened was is that a a, a fellow sponsored a truck. Okay, <laughs> that, that 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 people who were outraged by the quote unquote Israel statement. Now we're we're going to get to that in a moment. Mm. Uh, uh started publishing the see this was done by several groups okay uh that had been solicited by the harvard palestinian uh solidarity committee or, or whatever coalition whatever they're calling it uh anyways but the psc as it's uh, referred to uh had gotten several other groups to sign on to it and and so um uh, someone Uh, did the research to figure out who the members of these groups are and started publishing their names. Yay. And and then suddenly a lot of Harvard students said, whoa, I never signed on to that. I mean, you know, that the group, you know, all these progressive groups on campus uh, that had uh, uh, supported the thing, you know, that that the groups had just done this automatically and that Mm. the members were never... um, Uh, surveyed, so so a lot of Harvard students are trying to disavow their association with it. Well, anyways.
2: If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it shouldn't be surprised if it gets shot during duck season for impersonating a
1: duck. All right. Well, anyway, so Harvard will establish a task force to support students experiencing doxing, harassment, and online security issues following backlash against students allegedly affiliated boy i love that word allegedly affiliated with a statement that held israel quote-unquote entirely responsible um uh but but i lost my place for violence in the israel hamas conflict boy you talk Mm -hmm. about euphemism and misdirection okay Mm -hmm. uh uh To to set the record straight here about the uh, quote unquote controversial statement, Mm -hmm. I included the entire text of it uh, as well as screenshots from their Facebook Mm -hmm. page at Harvard so that everyone could see this and, and so that there would be no argument when I told you that what this statement actually is is mm-hmm. Hamas propaganda. And and I, you, you read this statement in full and you're like, oh my God, does anyone actually believe that? I mean, um, uh, by the way, it was uh, the Dean of Students at Harvard. Uh, I couldn't uh, believe that. Uh, 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 put out a statement and he said, we are truly grateful for all the tremendous work that students have put forth in supporting <sighs> each other through this most difficult time
0: and we appreciate
1: the collaborative spirits in which students faculty and staff have come together to repel this republic this repugnant assault on our community end quote and i'm thinking speaking of assaults on communities yeah Have you you investigated what Hamas did at
2: those kibbutzes? Well, no. Have you investigated what has happened? Uh, One of the things that happened is Accuracy in Media boss Mm. Adam uh, Gillette uh, came up with the idea of uh, the so-called doxing truck, where basically it's a truck with uh, LED screens around the side. It it was driving Mm -hmm. initially around Harvard Square just... Uh, showing who had signed the letter, and then yep. it started. Then it started getting parked in the neighborhoods where the, those students lived. Yep. Um, he was swatted.
3: Yep. Fortunately,
2: fortunately, he
3: wasn't home.
2: But there's yeah. Uh, our our he, he and he did tweet like a, a a door uh, uh, way camera showing uh, two cops uh, showing up with AR-15s uh, oh. at his uh, kicking his door. Uh, and um, our friend uh, Aaron Walker's uh, at Twitchy has got a, a wonderful uh, s- summary of what's going on there. Mm. Uh, it's just.
3: They had yeah. the code to the door. They didn't have to kick the door in or anything. So. Yeah.
2: But but still, you know, it, uh, uh, you don't need two guys with M4s at your front door. And by the way, Aaron has had that experience. He, yep. he was. He, oh, he was doxxed. Uh, Almost, Not well, only oh, was but, he
3: doxed, he was swatted.
1: Yeah, he was swatted. He well, was, the he person responsible for sw- for doxing me went to federal prison. I could name He him. swatted you. Yeah, yes, yeah, you. yeah, yeah. The, well, well, the guy, the guy. Well, anyways, yeah, there was a swatting uh, aimed at me, and it went to the wrong address. And scared the living Uh, crap out of some poor, unfortunate family. Yes, a family with a small child uh, gets called out by a SWAT team near midnight uh, because these idiots uh, who were, uh, I guess you could say that they were supporters of a certain uh, accused bomber. Well, He's a a convicted bomber.
3: You don't have to worry about that part.
2: Uh, well he's trying to get that overturned but we're working still we're, we'll get to that currently
3: later. he's currently you cannot be currently you're well
1: yeah, yeah he, anyway, he can't it, be well, defamed, it, well, by you're the, correct
2: by the way tomorrow is the uh, 11th anniversary of uh, a sWAT threat
1: I received
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: so, uh, for writing about the same uh, uh but opera, but anyways opera. these uh these Harvard punks um uh, you know it, it just makes me so angry um uh, that that um um you know that the, these our un our elite universities have become co- as i said cocoons of extremist left-wing hive mind group think where mm. students are indoctrinated with radicalism so thorough with so little pushback from any well-informed critics of this monolithic worldview, that they'll sign on to literal terrorist propaganda and then be shocked to discover that not everyone agrees that Jews deserve to be martyred by Hamas. Well, not only that, uh, some of them uh, being in in the law
2: school were shocked when New York law firms with a lot of Jewish senior partners uh, uh, withdrew job uh, offers.
1: Yay! Mm -hmm. Well, I've got to tell you, it only took a a a minute and thirty nine seconds for Ole Miss to jump off uh, to a seven nothing lead over their homecoming opponent. Well, (laughs) I'm just laughing at that man. You're the homecoming. (laughs) Well, can you
2: imagine what it would be like if 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 a school like Yale tried to play in the SEC,
1: Harvard? Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't last very long. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, it would, it would, it would be a complete wipeout. Oh, Colombia would be wonderful. And it, it would be like Armageddon. Yes, it would be. So get ready. Yeah. Yeah, the headline: Everybody ready for Armageddon, uh. Uh, which was my reaction to the news that the U.S. has carried out multiple airstrikes against. Iranian proxies Uh. in Syria. U.S. fighter jets launched airstrikes early Friday on two locations in eastern Syria linked to Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps, the Pentagon said, in retaliation for a slew of drone and missile attacks against U.S. bases and personnel in the region that began early last week. The U.S. strikes reflect the Biden administration's determination to start World War III. No, wait, 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 I I read that wrong. Determination to maintain a balance, a delicate balance. Uh, The U.S. wants to hit Iranian-backed groups suspected of targeting the U.S. Mm -hmm. as strongly as possible to deter future aggression, possibly fueled by Israel's war against Hamas, while also working to avoid inflaming the region and provoking a wider comment, conflict, blah, blah, blah. I'm so old,
2: I remember mm. when people were worried about Donald Trump starting World War III.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, right. my walk offline was not saying this is the beginning of World War III, however, mm. I'm also not saying it's not the beginning of World War III. So, so yeah, well, yeah. wars
2: and rumors of wars, and
1: and and
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, the thing I
3: that but uh, do not be uh, deceived.
2: Yeah, well, but here's the thing: uh, the whole idea is that. If Israel would just well go away is, is the <laughs> ultimate goal, but the the, yeah, the, right. the intermediate thing that people say if if Israel would just let you know the Palestinians uh, have right to return know, the, or uh-uh. and, and, and and let and let the, or and let them have yeah. Gaza of other the, the, the idea is somehow it's a like a land for peace thing. Well, how mm. has swapping land for peace worked for Israel? Well, it actually, hasn't. well it kind of has. Sort of, kind of, mostly, because uh, uh, if you remember uh, the Camp David agreements uh,
3: right, and right.
2: Egypt, uh, the Egypt got the Sinai back, and they
3: did, yes, and
2: and and and, and Egypt has maintained what I'll call proper relationships uh, uh, in various uh, areas with the, uh, you know, the, and certainly there had been a war. The problem, though, was they wouldn't take back all the land. Egypt, before the Six-Day War, Egypt had Gaza. <laughs> and uh, uh, they wouldn't take it back because of the Palestinians. But Israel gave Gaza to the Palestinians outright in twenty in, in 2005, 2004, 2005, and, yes. And, 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 and I don't think that's really worked as well as the deal with Egypt. Um, but here's what happened. During the 70s, Egypt under Sadat came to the understanding that hating Israelis more than they loved their own children was too great a price for them to pay anymore. And Hamas mm-hmm. hasn't come to that understanding yet. And Hopefully. it may be that Gaza is going to have to be made to resemble Carthage before Gaza gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, now, the, and it, look, the usual suspects are going to grumble about uh, Israel retaking Gaza by force, uh, and they're going to say that Israel's got no right to do it. And I'm, I'm just not going to entertain their suggestions at all until the same bunch of usual suspects start saying that Kaliningrad should be given back mm-hmm. to Germany as the successor state to Prussia.
3: You I know, do. Agree. I that would be an interesting geography.
1: Argument. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah, anyways. I know yeah, what uh, Kaliningrad
3: Skandar. is. A, is, a, is indeed a territory of Russia, plopped down, sitting there. Well, in the middle of Poland. Uh, really.
2: uh, uh, well, Kon- Konigsberg was it was uh, has been a Prussian city since mm-hmm. the 13th century.
3: Agreed. It had been. But so, these days, it is a bit of Russia sitting in the uh, middle uh, of Poland.
1: Well, speaking of one-sided conflicts, uh, uh, <laughs> Old Miss just intercepted a Vanderbilt pass, and so they, they now have the ball at the uh, Vanderbilt nine. But uh, homecoming! Ow. I should point out that my freshman year, we
2: pe- played uh, Alabama for homecoming. It wound up Oh, dear. It wound up 42 to nothing.
3: <laughs> ow ow which wait tell me it was no of course of course Vanderbilt didn't win. No, there, that would be asking too much let me
2: let me let me tell you how it showed me that bear Bryant was a fair-minded gentlemanly uh, uh football coach the fourth quarter he left his offense in the entire fourth quarter so that Vanderbilt uh, didn't have to play against Bama's
1: defense and we still couldn't score. (laughs) I'm
3: sorry. That would be painful.
1: (laughs) Alabama used to back in the days when, before they started uh, putting in scholarship limits, Alabama Mm -hmm. used to dress over a hundred players for on game day. And, Mm -hmm. and, and they would uh, back when bear was coaching, they would, they would recruit players and, and put them on scholarship just to make sure the other schools didn't get them. They they, mm-hmm. they I mean they had like wave after wave of reinforcements. They were very deep. Yeah, uh, mm. back in the day. But yeah. well, we're we're now going to we're now going go, uh, uh, to go to a
2: last little bit of the show mm. uh, that is in various ways related to law enforcement and I'm mm. going to start off with a rant. Uh, when I served in the army, I was not a civilian. Uh, before my service and since I got out, I have been a civilian. My brother, uh, who has worked as a policeman, uh, never served in the military, and he has spent his entire life as a civilian. So one of the adverse consequences, and I blame the LAPD for starting this, mm. of SWAT teams and this warrior mentality cop thing, and especially if the, these guys that operate in jurisdictions that tend to suppress the second amendment rights of citizens think that they're somehow set apart from the rest of civil society. And they, they, they place a desire divide between cops and the civilians. Mm. Um, Well, they're civilians too. Uh, And all of us are also citizens and the civilian police are public employees who work for the citizenry as a whole, And to the extent that there is a divide, it's between uh, the cops as employees and and the citizenry as employer. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Now, anyway, now, by the way, my brother was not the only guy with law enforcement experience in the family. My father was a special agent uh, in the Corps of Intelligence Police during World War II and Counterintelligence Corps, and that's military law enforcement. Mm -hmm. But he never served in civilian law enforcement after the war. So anyway, uh, that's that. Uh, Meanwhile,
1: um, in Berkeley, USC has taken a fifty to forty-three lead over Cal with three and a half minutes to play. Isn't that okay?
3: Well, USC's band should stay off the field. That's all I can say. (laughs) And the tuba player had best be—if there is a tuba player—he should be wearing his running shoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> In any case,
2: but, you know, that's, it's the idea that law enforcement thinks it's special and thinks that uh, it can get away with uh, whatever it wants. I mean, look at you had a, a piece this week about the DOJ trying to subpoena or actually
1: subpoenaing uh, phone records from Senate invest. Yeah. Yeah. This was, uh, I, I call this the biggest story of the week mm-hmm. because it is it. And the fact that it's not on every network just tells mm. you how biased. I mean, this is an incredibly big deal. Yeah it so is, it, And it's, it be, so,
3: it's, it's invisible.
1: Uh, but it's, I mean, it's like separation of powers don't exist anymore. I oh, know. this is just an outrage. Uh, uh, I, I begin by saying, if you know anything at all about Capitol Hill, if you've ever covered Capitol Hill, you know that Chuck Grassley's staffers are the best investigators of governmental waste, fraud, and abuse. Mm-hmm. Every year, there are dozens of big stories that never would, have been, uh, never would have come to light if not for the tireless work of Grassley's staff. Mm-hmm. And for many years, the ace in Grassley's office, a guy I've actually met, uh, was Jason Foster, who has recently left the Hill to launch his own nonprofit organization, Empower mm-hmm. Oversight, uh, to continue that kind of investigation independently. And mm-hmm. this latest news, I mean, it's absolutely shocking. Let me read it to you. While House and Senate oversight committees were investigating the Department of Justice and the FBI for their role in the Russian collusion hoax, the DOJ subpoenaed the private phone and email logs of multiple congressional staffers, according to uh, a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Mm -hmm. Act, uh file requests filed the executive branch targeting of staffers assisting with congressional oversight of the doj and fbi uh, Mm -hmm. represents a dangerous intrusion into the legislative branch's functioning and one that demands answers and an accounting on tuesday the virginia-based whistleblower firm Empower Oversight dispatched a letter to the Attorney General and a slew of other DOJ officials, including the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. It detailed how the organization's founder, Jason Foster, learned last week from a notice provided by Google that the DOJ had subpoenaed record of his Google Voice telephone number. The subpoena, issued to google required the tech giant to provide all telephone connection records and text message logs for foster's private google account from mark these dates december 1st 2016 to may 1st 2017. What was going on at that time? Oh yes, that's that was the Trump transition, the transition mm-hmm. from Obama to Trump, and uh, the launching of the um, of crossfire, uh, the, hurricane. The crossfire hurricane, and the uh, Mueller investigation. So, so this and the was firing of Comey. Yeah, yeah firing, the firing the, of Comey. Yeah, the FBI Director James Comey was fired for having uh, leaked to the media uh mm-hmm. damaging information about uh, uh classified uh, uh, damaging information yes, Thank you yeah very anyways much. but the um uh, but so anyways at the time foster was the chief investigative counsel to senate judiciary committee chair chuck grassley okay and what they were investigating was the crossfire hurricane uh, thing, which uh, the insurance policy is uh, one FBI agent said to his girlfriend, also an FBI agent. Um, but uh, so so this is the DOJ trying to get dirt or some kind or finding out what the Congressional Oversight Committee was hearing from trying to identify uh, whistleblowers who were blowing the whistle on uh, this. Uh dirty operation known as operation crossfire hurricane mm-hmm. okay so so this is a cover-up is what we're talking about now they're trying to cover up the cover-up <laughs> okay. you know and it's it is an outrage and people should be angry this you want to talk about the deep state
3: Mm -hmm. This
1: is what people are talking about when they say, you know, you say deep state and people roll their eyes like it's a tinfoil hat conspiracy. No, hell no. Read about this. They were Mm -hmm. getting congressional staffers phone records. Why? Because the congressional staff was investigating this shenanigans about mm-hmm. the steel dossier and all that bullshit. It
2: turns mm-hmm. out that this stuff was not conspiracy theories. It was spoiler alerts.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. And you've got to, all I can say is that um, I was talking to a lady one uh, not all that long ago and I threw up my hands and I said, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said half the stuff that I actually know to be true now was a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I'm. I feel like I am living in bizarro world. Yeah. Well, in any case, there's
2: all sorts of bizarre stuff going on. One of the most bizarre things going on those these days is a lawsuit called uh, Kimberlin <laughs> versus the Department of Justice. At all, uh. I refer to it actually as Kimberlin versus reality. Yeah Um, right. Brett Kimberlin, uh, who is convicted as the Speedway bomber, uh, has been trying various ways to get his convictions set aside or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And he now has well, he he he, after losing uh, on motions uh, that were related to his criminal trial, uh, and when he saw that coming, he he filed a civil suit uh, related uh, trying to get money damages uh, uh for the time he sp- he spent in prison uh and and uh, basically uh he, he lost in the district court he lost in the seventh circuit court of appeals and he's filed a, a petition now for a writ of certiorari uh to see if he can get a, an appeal going at the supreme court of uh, the government he filed it on the 23rd the government's uh response is due on the 24th of november um and um he's proceeding pro se uh uh, uh
3: mm.
2: because he does he can't get a lawyer um and pro se can file written filings on their own behalf uh, mm. in, in in the supreme court but only a lawyer who is admitted to the court's bar or who's admitted pro Hog vice. um uh, for a specific case, can participate in oral argument, and so yeah. he has he has part of the way through his thing uh, a, 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 a statement in this. Uh, Petition set off by asterisk, petitioner is proceeding Proceed in this case. So he asked the court to construe his petition liberally and mm-hmm. to consider recruiting counsel to assist him. Now, I'm not a lawyer. That's his problem, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, well, I'm not a lawyer, but the Sixth Amendment right to counsel applies only to criminal cases. And this is a civil suit. And there's nothing that I can find in the federal rules of civil procedure or the federal rules of appellate procedure or the Supreme Court's rules. That uh, uh, have anything to do with uh, counsel for pro se litigants, uh, uh, and I mean, uh, uh, district uh, courts sometimes will uh, get a, a lawyer to look at a pro se filing uh, to to you know see if it uh, if it's okay or whether it's some sort of wacko ness like one of uh, this happened in, in the case of one of bill lost. Bill Smallfield's lawsuit that uh, mm. they got, oh, yeah. you know, they gave him a lawyer, and the first thing the please did go away.
3: Did. The fr- go. They gave a
2: lawyer, and the first thing the lawyer <laughs> did was uh, dismiss the case. Yeah, uh, file for a dismissal. So you know uh, that's you know uh, there were, Cam- that Cameron's is speed uh, convicted as the Speedway bomber and. You know, there was a good theory of why he did it in terms of his motive being trying to distract from a a murder investigation where he uh, could possibly be implicated. But, you know, not every uh, crime appears to have a a good motive, Stacey. Mm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, You had a
1: post about that this week. Mm. Ah, yes. Okay, yes. Um, uh, You know, there was, uh, uh, people were shocked. Uh, last weekend. Yeah. Uh, when uh, the rabbi, or not the rabbi, I'm sorry, the but the president pres- of the synagogue, the president of the uh, downtown Detroit synagogue uh, was was found stabbed to death outside her home on uh, Sabbath morning. It's Sa- Saturday morning. And and people immediately, you know, were jumping to conclusions uh, mm. about, you know, what what had gone on there. But uh, what what we are told is that police ha- said that there um, that it is not an anti-Semitic hate crime. OK. Mm. Uh, and it was not. He said, I'm, yeah. I'm going to quote the police chief here we believe there are no other groups or anyone else at risk. We believe that the murder, that this incident was not motivated by anti-semitism and that the suspect acted alone. Hmm. Now, I had warned uh, against speculation on it, but here's here's something uh, in the case. Okay, here's what we know. Um, mm-hmm. Detroit police said Wall went to a wedding Friday night, that is a, a week ago Friday, and left at about 12:30 a.m. on Saturday. Her body was found at about 6:30 a.m. on Saturday. And and so there was no forced entry at her home. And she she appeared to have been stabbed inside her home and then they they followed the blood trail and so then she came outside so we don't know what happened okay Mm. you know we've got no reason to know but the police have said they've got several persons of interest in other words what they're trying to do is uh, Mm. uh figure out of the several people who might have done it um uh which one of them, uh, they have evidence, uh, that they can get an arrest warrant for. So, so, you know, they, the police probably know a lot more obviously probably. than they're telling us, but, uh, my brother, uh, raised the point of saying that, that, okay, she leaves the wedding. How did she get home? That's the first question. Okay. Because if she took an Uber, okay. Mm-hmm. The Uber is a suspect. If a friend brought her home the last person to see her alive that would be you know you're not a good wheeze <laughs> yeah yeah you're going to be called in and questioned pretty hard on that okay oh, yeah. so so uh but uh, it, the, the way crime is nowadays the, the, there's usually enough surveillance evidence uh to point them toward a suspect usually uh, a case like this uh the, a vehicle will be seen leaving uh, the scene of the crime in the uh, at the approximately right time. And then they'll uh, track that vehicle and that will lead them to the suspect. But so, there, so far, there's surveillance footage. Yeah. Uh, more than a week after she was murdered, uh, mm-hmm. they police still. And I just checked right before we went on the air. There's still no suspect Nothing. in custody. But the uh, Detroit police say mm-hmm. um uh, say say, there's no danger to the community. I mean, it's Detroit, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very dangerous place, anyway. Yeah, so. well, so there it is. Uh, there's there's other crime. And before we get to our last
2: story, crazy people are dangerous. Uh, mm. uh, I, I I'm gonna set up. A, a, a bit of another bit of a rant. Of, uh, you know, I have this don't know much about history or biology thing. I, this is just don't know much about dot, dot, dot. In this case, it's firearms or firearm history. There's a brief. There's a on on what used to be called Twitter. There's an account called K through 12 school <laughs> shooting database, like what this has to do with the main crime. Uh, case I don't know, but it says the Lewiston, Maine uh, shooter used a three oh eight caliber AR-15 uh-huh. rifle and has a picture of three oh eight ammunition versus two twenty three, which is. Even and I'm and I'm quoting as this is these are not my words. This Thank is you. an even more powerful and deadly version of the two twenty three assault rifle used in the most recent mass shootings. The larger .3-weight cartridge has more gunpowder <laughs> to fire a larger bullet, causing more damage. And
3: boy, howdy, is there anything even vaguely accurate in that? No, that tweet
2: um, it, that tweet is false, and whether that's through ignorance or pers- purposeful ignorance. lying. Ignorance or purposeful lying—it's false. There's mm. no such thing as an AR-15 chambered for 308 Winchester. Winchester. It can't be. <laughs> it can't be. The cartridge—the uh, cartridge is a half inch longer than the magazine well or the depth of the chamber. You can't right. mechanically put it in. Right. Um, okay. Uh, now, here's a bit of history. In the mid '50s, an engineer named Eugene Stoner designed yes uh, a, a, a lightweight rifle chambered for the what was then the new 7.62 NATO cartridge which is basically a rip off of 308 Winchester while he was working for a company called get ready folks armalite, armalite. at the mm-hmm. AR10 rifle as in armalite rifle 10 mm-hmm. uh, was adopted by a few countries but mm-hmm. uh it wasn't adopted by the united states we got the uh, the piece of junk m14 rifle and but most countries in the world adopted who adopted 7.62 nato either bought the fn fal or mm-hmm. the AK uh, g3 by the way the cat is chewing on something i think
3: um not and, but, this time
2: Okay. Well, one of the problems with 7.62 NATO is it's too powerful to be used in a handheld infantry rifle firing full automatic. The thing just jumps right out of being able to keep it under control. So real world experience showed that rifles using medium power cartridges like the AK-47 or the Mm -hmm. German SDG-44 were actually more practical infantry weapons. So that led Stoner to design a less powerful rifle in 223 Remington and Mm -hmm. that rifle became it was was the AR-15 which the military did adopt as the M16. But one of the problems with the 223 cartridge is it's on the low end of medium power and you got that
3: right, Barbie gun.
2: Well, it's it's, a lot of us don't (laughs) consider it powerful enough for a humane one-shot deer on it, a kill Mm -hmm. on a deer. Uh, and uh, but a lot of us who served with M16s uh, uh, and are familiar with the AR platform have got, got gone with AR10 rifles mm-hmm. and, and 308 Winchester or some other caliber mm-hmm. shooter for something. Now I haven't. My go-to gear ri- deer rifles are a three a bolt-action rifle in 270 Winchester uh, and an AR15, but it's chambered in the same cartridge the AK-47 uses, which is Mm -hmm. 762 by 39 rather than 762 by
3: 51
2: Um, Assault rifle is a military term of art. It's got a specific definition. Selective fire. It's a selective fire rifle with an intermediate rifle cartridge and a detachable Mm -hmm. box uh,
3: magazine.
2: And select Mm -hmm. fire means being capable of being used as a machine gun.
3: Yeah. Fully well, Lewis, automatic fire for thirty yeah. for thirty rounds, which ain't much, but you know well, whatever. But well, uh, it's suppressive.
1: It well, what's known as the rock and roll setting. Actually, mm-hmm.
2: the re- the reason it the reason assault rifles came into a, into existence is as a replacement for submachine guns. With mm-hmm. but, but they can reach out and touch you a little further away. Yes, and, and I'll tell you what uh, the. Uh, G.I. Thompson that I hefted occasionally, just it's We had them in storage and that sort of stuff. Still uh, weighed eleven pounds,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and an M16 weighed six and a half. Let yeah. me tell you. Let me tell you which one I
1: wanted to hump in the booties. Yeah. 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 Well, anyways, anyway, but the, the, but the, the drum Hey, hey I've
3: got, I've currently got a cop. I've currently got a, what would stoner do 2020 in the, uh, <laughs> in, well, locked up. And, uh, because I am a sensible and, and good gun owner who locks up her weapons when she's not using them. Um, but my, twi- my, what would stoner do 2020? Uh, I think once if, if I took all the, if I took out the various gear off, um, comes in at about just under five pounds. It's a really, really light gun. Wonderful weapon, by the way.
2: Yeah. But anyway, the Lewiston shooter mm-hmm. did use a semi automatic rifle made by Ruger that's derived from the AR 10. Yes. And the reason those rifles are sold a lot in Maine is because they're legal for deer in Maine. Yeah, very good for deer. <laughs> But it wasn't it, it wasn't a machine gun, so it nope. wasn't an assault rifle. Okay, Stacey, so there's the your who,
1: gun lecture for today. Guy, but
2: Stacey, the guy who used it apparently was crazy
1: and crazy
2: are dangerous.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, the the man, the headline Main Manhunt Ends as authorities find body of Lewiston Massacre Gunman. Mm hmm. Robert R. Card II was found dead Friday from a self-inflicted gunshot ending an intensive two-day search that had the state on edge. Guard was found at 7.45 p.m. Friday near the Androscoggin River at a recycling center from which he had been fired. Uh, so, so I updated that and I, I have to, uh, correct, uh, some information that I had passed along. Uh, I felt that it was important to share it when the, when the story broke on Wednesday, right. And, uh, this happened very late at night and, uh, and I just happened to be up when it, when it moved across the wires Mm. and, um, uh, the, uh the story was breaking and, and I passed along uh, various sources uh, saying that uh, Robert Card has been divorced twice, that one of his ex-wives had a restraining order against him and that he is a registered sex offender. Well, wrong, 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 wrong. It turns out, um, uh, it, it turns out that the the internet sleuths who had been uh pushing that out there on the uh world wide web uh had mistakenly uh identified the wrong robert card in maine this was uh robert r card the second and not robert w card so uh so uh i had included a caution in there the caveat that it was not officially confirmed and and this is what i call the fog of war story
0: mm-hmm. uh, uh
1: that happens when these kind of stories break is that uh, you you get a lot of uh, chatter and rumors and speculation you have to be mm-hmm. uh, very careful well uh His family told authorities and and spoke to uh, his sister-in-law, as a matter of fact, was interviewed by the Daily Beast this week, and said that he had acute mental health struggles over the past year. When he started wearing powerful hearing aids, Now, believe this or not, he began Uh hearing things like people bashing him, and he would get mad, and Uh so... And so he was actually treated for mental illness after he threatened uh, to shoot people at his army reserve base, where he Mm -hmm. was a firearms instructor. Well, let me tell you something, folks. When the firearms instructor tells you he's hearing voices telling him to kill people, I think maybe you should lock that guy up someplace where he's not going to have any access to firearms. Because as I have so often told you, crazy Crazy people people
3: are dangerous.
1: dangerous. In yes. Pace. Anyways, well uh, That uh, it, it, Boogie Woogie in the background tells me We're near the end of the podcast So I'm going to have to wish you farewell And we will be back next Saturday night about 7 o'clock Thank you for joining us, Diana
3: As always, thank you
1: Good night, Stacy. Good night, Diana okay. Good night, folks
3: Good night
0: I keep going now. Mr. Breeze. <laughs>